Welcome to Props and Hops, powered by Dimers.com. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and the Bet Bash bonus series enters week two. We're nearing the home stretch here with part eight. Happy to welcome on pro better Joey Isaacs. Joey, welcome to Props and Hops. Hey, thanks for having me. Um I'm really excited since we met uh, a couple months ago uh, in person that we're able to make this happen. Yeah, long overdue. Glad we're able to make it happen during the week of Bet Bash, and we'll get into all things Bet Bash shortly here. But for somebody listening to this conversation who might not yet have come across your work or might need a bit of a refresher if they have come across your work in the past, I'd love it if we could kick it off maybe with just a brief elevator pitch on your background as a pro better. All right. Uh, that's a good question. I'm prepared to do this because of the speed networking event yesterday, which we had to do this a lot. Uh, no, I'm a 35 year old based in California. And yes, California does not have legal sports books, which was a question to me eight, eight to 10 times yesterday. Uh, I mostly bet uh, offshore on PBH accounts. And I've uh, been doing this for way too long, probably 10 years. Uh, so I've seen a lot uh a lot of changes and I have been doing, you know, partnerships and other things behind the scenes that are now becoming more mainstream talked about and focused on, I guess. Nice. And when it comes to your decade or so of experience mm -hmm. in this, just so people can get a sense of how you bet, are there any sports and bet types that you tend to gravitate toward more often than not? Uh, so like I said uh, a lot yesterday, I'm looking mostly to play small market stuff, anything from props uh, to the small, anything very small market uh, that, that I can find an edge on or I can meet someone that has an edge on, I'll, I'm looking to bet. So I'm not looking to bet as much uh, like NFL sides and NBA sides, except I do like that and I have added that in the last year, but the smaller market, the better. Nice. Yeah, it can be a good opportunity to find more inefficiencies there. And I think that a lot of bettors with that kind of similar approach are here in Vegas as we record from Bet Bash. Want to get into it. I know that despite being based in LA like myself, you came from London. So if I've got it down correctly, you came from London to LA in order to connect to a flight back out to Vegas. So that's a, quite a bit of jet setting to make it to Bet Bash. How have you been holding up these past couple of days? Lots of coffee, lots of uh, adrenaline, and uh, it hasn't. It, it started to hit me today, but you know, I got I got to uh, go home for like an hour, walk my dog, get on a flight to LAX. Uh, sorry, Burbank. I landed at LAX from London, and I've uh, just been here meeting new people, meeting friends from LA. I've probably hung out too much with my friends from LA, but it's been really nice to meet some of their friends uh, who I've either followed on Twitter or didn't know uh before like i met uh, uh i don't know if i should say this but a guy who was pretty high up at pinnacle a guy who um is a sport professional sports better in the east coast it's very interesting to learn different techniques and interesting things but it and then at the end of like a 10 minute conversation it's such a small world that they go oh that's you or i go oh we see the same soccer plays for the last two years from so and so so everything is uh, eventually six degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon. You know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's been fun to see that play out in real time here at Bet Bash. And I'd love to get your thoughts on the event so far. Um, for reference for listeners, we are recording this Sunday afternoon for a Monday morning release. Uh, we're touching base shortly before the much-anticipated cocktail party at the Legacy Club. So we'll see who's still standing come <laughs> Monday morning. Um, but before we get to that cocktail party, Joey, what have your thoughts been on Bet Bash so far? You know, I think it's I think it's a great a great event. I I'm someone who used to go to the MIT conference and I think that was a great networking event. And that is kind of what piqued my interest is there's, you know, there's so many good friends I made over the years there and so many random businesses that were floated to me that I would have loved to invest in 10 years ago. Um, Didn't have much money then. So I wanted to come here and maybe, you know, meet someone with a startup or, uh, that I could invest in or meet someone uh, that I could partner up with who had an edge in something that I'm not betting. And I've been successful in the second part. Um, no, no startups needed some money yesterday. Uh, so didn't get to do that. But uh, no, I met a lot of people and I think everyone's here for a different reason. I met amateurs who just started betting two months ago. I met people who've been betting professionally for two years Uh people that are really smart and they don't have a business side as savvy of it. And I think that is in what I told you earlier, I, that is what should have been had a panel about the business side of sports betting. Cause it's so overlooked and not the stardust thing, which I've heard negative things about. I didn't go. Got it. If there was a panel on the business of sports betting, is there anything that you would recommend? Uh, you know, after this, they will probably send surveys asking people about yeah. the experience. And that's, I think, a great tip to improve something for future editions of Bet Bash. Um, but with the topic, the business of sports betting uh, makes a lot of sense, but it is a bit broad. How do you think uh, sure. that could be structured to provide as much valuable uh, insight as possible to the attendees of Bet Bash in the future? Well, you know, I think they touched on what happens when you get limited. And I think the next step to getting limited is starting to build a network. And something that's not touched on of the business side of that is you need to rely on other people and you need to be, uh, you know, there's certain things to build a network and build people who are going to give you accounts and those types of things. And you can't teach personality. You can't teach a lot of people here, you know, I don't want to be a jerk, but some of the people here are very hard to talk to. There's, they, they do lack the social skills. They are good at, you know, X, Y, and Z, but they're not the most personable. And they're very, and I was telling someone this last night, is that so many people are very much glued to the numbers of you make 13% of my account. And there are certain things where you have to realize when you're running a business that if, if some, if you're relying on someone to give you accounts and they're not making money, you have to be a little more flexible and you have to like 13% might not be much money. So, you know, overpay them a couple of weeks and do, there's certain things that can be learned that are tough for people to, that doesn't come natural to certain sports betters that would have been nice for someone uh, to share. I think I can expand, I guess, if you want. Sure. If you have any more thoughts on that, I would love to hear it. I think it's going to maybe set the foundation for something that a lot of us uh, hopefully have a chance to look forward to next time Bet Bash rolls around. 
Yeah, yeah, I was telling someone last night is that like if you're trying to, you know, grow and be someone who has like 200 PPH accounts and let's say you get 20 from you, if our deal is that you're going to get 10% of the accounts and, you know, one, let's say you gave me one account and, and, and we win $400 only and we were betting a lot of money and, you know, we just happened to win 400 That's $40 for you. That's not that much money to you. So, you know, a couple times here and there, just slip you 100 of it and just say, there you go, 100 bucks. It'll keep you motivated to get more accounts. It's only $60 out of my week. I'm never going to feel that, but you start to, you know, enjoy it more and be like, I'm making more money. And, and, and little things like that really go a long way in terms of partnerships where uh, you're going to get partnerships when you're not even as good as someone who is going to be a stickler to the things like red figure and, you know, stiffs and where, you know, I heard a story where someone got stiffed 800,000 and they had to pay out of pocket, like certain things like that is just a no go. And you're trying to build up and, do small accounts like a lot of people are uh, so building trust is huge yeah as you walk through that it reminds me a bit of something that if there's not necessarily a dedicated panel on the business of sports betting it seems like a dynamic that could be weaved into another panel on the art of sports betting that was the final panel held earlier today mm -hmm. and you talk about something like just taking care of people, even if you're not paying them exactly what an agreement says, but maybe taking care of them, you know, a little bit more than usual at certain times, knowing that if that's going to keep somebody motivated, then it ties in with this whole thing, just like executing bets and knowing how to keep accounts and relationships with bookmakers. There's an art to this as much as there's a science to it. So um, it seems like whether there's a dedicated panel on the business of sports betting or something like this weaved into that conversation of the art of betting, I think that could expand a lot of horizons for people at an event like this. And while we've looked ahead to a way to possibly improve Bet Bash moving forward, I know we've still got a couple sessions in front of us for Bet Bash 2. Wanted to get your thoughts quickly on the final event, which will be Monday evening at the VIP section at Circa Sportsbook, a watch party for the college basketball championship game. Any thoughts on the matchup between Kansas and UNC? Uh I I thought the mat I thought it would be opening up around uh, three and a half. I think it might have opened up for a minute at three and a half. I th I think four would be my fair number. Four and a half is a little too much, uh, especially considering that I think UNC is going to take some money. But uh, I will be wearing my Kansas jersey. I have a I have like a five thousand on uh, Kansas before the season, eighteen to one. So. I will be rooting for that. I won't be hedging. I think a lot of people love that question. Um, we can talk about why to hedge and why not another time. But, uh, you know, my wife's family all went there. So I just uh, decided to jump on board as a fan this year. And it's been fun. Yeah, that's something I'd like to explore a bit more here. I find it so refreshing that you invested in Kansas. It sounds like largely out of allegiance to the university through your family ties, not necessarily anything that you broke down from a handicapping standpoint. So even, you know, a pro better can root with their heart sometimes and, you know, futures parlays, those are bet types that can come with plenty of pitfalls. And a lot of people I've had on this show have talked about that in the past, but at the same time, there's nothing 
necessarily minus EV about a bet if it's going to give you some entertainment value and just be something that's fun to root for. So how do you look at this Kansas future uh, when it comes to, you know, anything you thought you had in terms of an edge when you bet 18 to one preseason? Or was it just purely, you know, something to look forward to tomorrow night, just continuing the joyride, hopefully to see them cutting down the nets? It was a complete luck uh, fall. I probably couldn't have even named a player uh, until two games ago on their team. Uh, yeah, I can't, you know, I, I'm not a huge college basketball better. I don't have much interest in betting it. And for various reasons, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, I was betting a lot of it, uh, something that I just haven't done this year. And for business reasons, I just don't feel like it's a great way to keep accounts. So I've shied away from it. And, but I did decide to bet that future uh, solely on just, something to share with my in-laws family and have fun love it yeah at the end of the day this is still supposed to be fun even when it is a profession for the few who are good enough to make a living in all this and i'd love to peel back the curtain a bit more when it comes to something you touched on earlier often attacking small markets how would you describe your approach to isolating edges in some of the more inefficient markets that you bet into and are there any angles, you know, without going too far or sharing too much, um, any angles you think could be insightful for people listening to this conversation who might be up and coming betters, curious to uh, maybe make some progress in the markets that you're most well-versed in? I'll say this uh, without getting into too much detail. I'm happy to uh, share in, I think it's hard to, to describe anything in, in a short sentence. So I guess I'll just leave this as an open invitation to anyone who wants to slide into my DMs. Uh, there's a lot of value to be found in Prop Builder right now. Um, and if anyone wants to slide into my DMs, I'm happy to share anything from plays to strategies uh, on something like Prop Builder, which is new for me in the last six months, but it's insanely soft. Um, other, other small markets, uh, that I focus on in props are anything from, I've worked with a guy who has a, a huge edge modeling, just total three pointers. Um, and that's only on a few sites. They do have it on prop builder. Um, so, you know, just, you know, just find something that, that is beatable and just keep betting it until it's, you know, you, you, you should be able to figure it out of yourself if it's the edge is gone. I'll say one more thing about something like prop builders and people and some people are so, you know, trying to find perfect edges and perfect things and, and they don't look for something super simple as a, even just finding like a glitch or a, uh, you know, a mistake prop builder was allowing you to parlay total bases and with total hits. So in baseball last year, you could parlay one total hit with one total base. And so just, you know, keep searching for stupid things like that because there's mistakes to be found all over. Uh, that's just one of them. Yeah, I love that example. So one question that I was going to be curious to throw your way, I think you, you kind of led me right into it here. For an up and coming better listening to this, um, one of the tips you just gave, you know, explore your betting options at your accounts. If somebody can take time to sit down and just, you know, expand all the menus, see what's out there. You might be surprised by the value that can pop up from time to time. Um, so maybe it's related to that tip or something else. 
But if you think about an up-and-coming better who might be at Bet Bash or maybe has some FOMO, but they're catching these conversations to still try to benefit from some of the knowledge that's just all gathering in Vegas right now, what would you say might be one or two of the more important skills for up-and-coming betters to focus on looking forward? I would say network. Have a couple things. You know, if you're if you're someone who isn't winning right now, you know, just network. Talk to your if your friends are betting and they're winning, you know, learn, see what they're betting. Maybe they're betting something that you're not. And if you're not winning, you know, and you're betting NBA sides, you maybe should switch to betting, you know, NBA props and uh, always keep relationships going because there's a lot of smart people in this world, especially in the gambling world. And even though some of them don't win, they're maybe a year or two away from winning, especially if they're very smart. They're going to figure something out. So, you know, stay in touch with smart people. <laughs> I love that answer. And I would love to see also thinking beyond what up and coming betters might be well served to focus on moving forward, what you yourself might consider your superpower, for lack of a better term. I've been asking pro betters uh, throughout this series uh, this question, you know, just to get a glimpse of what you think it is that you do best that enables you to make a living at this. The thing that I do best is uh network uh, by far. I think that I have a little, I have some decent social skills, which is lacking in this space. And I think that I know how to talk to betters. I think I have a, I have a lot of experience. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say this. I've, I have some weird experiences that have given me good opportunities to learn how to talk to people and learn what to say. I don't want to use the word like scamming someone, but I, I, I know how to talk to someone to make them feel important and make them feel like they're part of something. And so, yeah, I would say the best thing that I can, I know how to do is get accounts. And, and I think I'm smart enough to know what should go in them. And I, I think, you know, just knowing what a good bet better looks like and a good partner looks like is, is a valuable asset that I can bring to the table. One thing that also is never really talked about is how to talk to your bookie, because I, I I've talked to a lot of people here, even who, who are so overextended and get stiffed a large amount when I think if they knew how to talk to their new PPH bookie or new bookie, they would learn pretty quickly by decent questions. If this guy actually has any money. There's little things to ask a guy and learn. And, you know, and sometimes if a guy is Venmoing you from three different people, $300, when he owes you 900, it's a red flag, but sometimes it's not. And he's just having three players doing it because he's trying to cut down his transactions. So there's certain questions to ask in that scenario to, to gauge his book size and things like that. Like I always say, like, when I win, even if it's $600, like, wow, holy geez, I just want, that's the most money I've ever won. And I'll say something stupid, like, has anyone ever won that much on you? And then their answer will give me like a, a like a, a gauge of like, you know, 2000 is not a big deal. And the next week, you know, I'll, I'll kind of mark that down. Like, Hey, I have no problem. It shouldn't be an issue winning that much money. And uh, certain, certain dumb questions will get, you know, good replies. I always say it's like you're a detective with everyone, like trying to figure out like their bankroll and things like that and their limits. So there's never any dumb thing you can ask a bookie or a partner or things like that to get an honest answer. Well, this might be the first time in this podcast that I've had a question teed up for the Malinsky Minute, a nod to the late great sports betting legend, David Malinsky, uh, that you 
answered basically as I was getting ready to ask it to you, you answered it without me needing to ask because I was thinking when I knew I was going to talk to you um, and having a sense of your strength being, you know, getting and maintaining accounts. Dave was so good and perhaps ahead of his time in such an antagonistic environment these days, it seems, between betters and bookmakers. Dave could get along with everyone. I mean, he would go to bookmakers' weddings and just really have strong relationships with, you know, the day-to-day of these people's lives beyond the business they were doing together. So what you touched on there, just knowing how to communicate with bookmakers, um, I think beyond anything in terms of executing bets, uh, just having those relationships can probably be one of the biggest keys to longevity as well. Totally. And if that's not your strength, it's it's really important to recognize your strengths. And I think that's why it's great that you ask people that because internal reflection of your own strengths and weaknesses is huge. Uh, so, you know, if that's not your strength, you know, try to seek someone out whose strength that is and maybe partner with them, maybe say, hey, you know, I've been losing, but I think I can be really good at getting, you know, not just you accounts, but, you know, being the face of your brand, being, you know, you're not good at Twitter. I'm good at Twitter. Let me, you know, pretend to be the face and this, and they'll give me accounts and I'll give them to you to play. Like there's, there's, there's definitely opportunities like that to, to be on one side or the other of a relationship. Well said. I think that's a good point to wrap up this conversation as uh, you touch on so many things that are being practiced in real time here at Bet Bash in Vegas. I think, Joey, we might be in order for a future conversation to really dig deeper into a lot of the topics that you touched on. But for now, want to make sure to plug your work so people know where they can find you uh, and follow what you're up to if they're not doing so already on Twitter at Joey Isaacs. That's I-S-A-K-S. And as you said, slide into those DMs, you know, uh, wide open to networking and meeting a lot of people. That's how we first got in touch. And then we had the chance to meet in person in L.A. and once again here. So um, you really do uh, clearly put in a lot of work when it comes to networking. And I appreciate your openness to meeting new people and building relationships, you know, wherever people are and their journey is betters. So, Joey, as we get ready to wrap things up, just wanted to see uh, if there is anything I'm missing or anything else you'd like to add about what you're up to and where people can keep up with your work. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the shout out. Uh, yeah, Twitter's great. I'm always on. I'm a little addicted, but uh, I do not tweet that much about gambling, but I'm always there for DMs or questions and willing to hop in on any gambling conversation. So, you know, if you want, give me a follow, give me a DM, uh, ask away. Uh, I do have a lot of experience in this field and see a lot of good stuff. And, you know, I'm, you know, no, I don't, I'm, I'm, I feel like I have a lot to, you know, help out with. So shoot away. Love it. I'll take this as a chance to let everybody know that this is going to pretty much wrap it up for this episode of the Bet Bash bonus series here on Props and Hops, powered by Dimers.com. If you've enjoyed the conversation, I'd encourage you to check out the Dimers Podcast Network over at Dimers.com slash podcasts for more gambling content. Tomorrow, the series continues. But Joey, for now, thank you so much for the time and insight. It's been great to reconnect with you once again in person here in Vegas. And let's go get ready for an epic night at the Legacy Club. I'll see you at the Legacy Club. Drinks on me. Ups and ups and ups and ups and ups.